0: Welcome. I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hi, friend. Welcome to the show today. And I'm so glad that you're listening in and you're joining me. And today we're going to be talking about a tough topic, but it's a topic that we need to talk about, and that is suicide. And I I know that most of us that are listening, probably all of us that are listening, have been touched by hearing about a tween or teen in our community that has committed suicide. And it is heartbreaking. And it's scary because as our kids enter into the tween and teen years, they don't talk as much and it's difficult to know what they're feeling and how they're doing and what's going on in the world behind the scenes and how to talk about suicide and my guest today is Jackie Simmons and she's a TEDx speaker a radio show host and international best selling author and she is a co-founder along with her daughter of the teen suicide prevention society And after almost losing her teen daughter to suicide, Jackie has been on a mission to make teen suicide become a thing of the past by breaking the silence and sharing with parents what to say that really works to not only prevent suicide, but also to get our tweens and teens to start thinking differently about their lives. Jackie in this episode role plays with me a powerful script that we can use. It consists of four very important questions to ask our tweens and teens when beginning the conversation. So let's jump in. Well, welcome Jackie to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. I'm honored. That you're on the show. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate this.
0: Yeah. Well, I so appreciate you being on here because you have a powerful message mm. that parents need to hear. And you, I want you to tell our listeners about you, a little bit of your story, and what led you to doing what you're doing.
1: Well, thank you. What I'm doing is a two-step in my world. I am both the director and creator of Conscious Transformational Coaching, and I am the director of the Teen Suicide Prevention Society, which is a nonprofit that we formed with my daughters. I've never intended to talk about suicide, never intended to go into this space. Certainly, Um, actively looked the other way on the topic until my middle daughter at the age of 37 broke the silence on her multiple suicide attempts as a teenager that I had lived through, but we hadn't talked about. Matter of fact, outside of getting professional help, she hadn't really talked about it with anyone Mm. until August the 3rd, 2019. That summer day was already hot. By the time I went and met her in the conference room with the other speakers, I had trained 12 speakers to deliver seven-minute messages that matter. And everything worked that day. You know, the videographer was set, the slides worked, yeah, everything. And the audience came in and took their seats. Stephanie, my daughter, she was getting into that nervous, excited state. You get into right before you give a talk. Mm-hmm. She looked amazing. You know, dark blouse, her hair, her, her flowery skirt, and her hair with pulled back in combs. I am super proud of my daughter, Cheryl. She was first up on the speakers roster, so the lights dimmed, and I, you know, I invited everyone to welcome her to the front of the room. Everyone, help me welcome Stephanie Ashton. Oh yeah. She walked confidently up to the front of the room, shook my hand and started her 7-minute talk with a startling statistic. Always good. Given a short talk, you got to grab their attention. Her statistic. 3,000 teenagers will attempt to take their own lives today just in the US. 3,000. 3,000. Ah, oh. in the back of the room, I was Absolutely stunned first, because I had no idea the number was that high. And second, because I had no idea suicide was her topic. Her. Now, yeah. Her next words. When I was 14. After a bad day shopping. I stood in my bathroom and the pain of not fitting into any clothes was just more proof that I didn't fit in anywhere. And that pain was more than I could bear. So I took a razor and cut into my left arm, trying to end the pain and my life. In the back of the room, I felt myself go pale. I mean, I could feel the blood run out of my face. Have you ever been hijacked by a bad memory, Cheryl?
0: Yes yes I have I have but I I mean I'm imagining what you must have felt standing at the back of the room and hearing her say that what what was that like for you
1: um only my 30 odd years as a stress management consultant kept me from crawling into a corner and just bawling my eyes
0: out. oh I bet.
1: She kept talking. Um, She talked about um, how we didn't talk about it and how it wasn't her only attempt. Hmm. And how she still struggles with suicidal thoughts. And I felt myself go from pale to bone cold. Because I realized the struggles that she would had to face by herself. Because I didn't have the courage to have the talk about suicide and suicidal thinking and what her experience of life was like. I didn't have the courage to have that talk because I didn't want to know. I mean, would you want to know what could cause your kid so much mental and emotional pain that they thought dying was better than living? Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I sold myself on the idea that as long as she was getting professional help, we didn't need to talk about it. And the truth was, I was scared to talk about it. I was scared of putting the idea back into her head. The ability of a parent to not see what's right in front of us. I want to give every parent listening to this a break. Guys, you are not going to see the signs that your kid has struggled because your brain is wired to screen them out. Our brains come equipped with a filter called the reticular activating system or RAS. And the RAS's job is to screen out the massive amounts of stimulation that are bombarding our brains every second. Billions of bits of information are kidding us at any one second. And the RAS's job is to allow in the 40 that our brain can handle, 40 out of billions. So the criteria that the particular activating system uses, the filter is set to allow in only what matches closely to what we believe. Mm-hmm. And parents are hardwired to believe that our kids are okay. We believe our kids are doing well. My kid's just fine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have to, otherwise we would not be able to focus and finish anything. So this is how the brain is designed. And it's why at the Teen Suicide Prevention Society, which is what happened after my daughter's speaking, we decided we had to do something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, This one piece of information that a parent's brain is wired to screen out the red flags to screen out the warning signs, that when I went to the Center for Disease Control website and found their warning signs of suicide, I realized that our system was broken and backwards for two reasons. The first reason is that no parent goes to that website and looks for the warning signs of suicide until after their kid is known to be at risk or has survived an attempt. And the other reason it's broken and backwards is because of what I just said about the brain screening it out. Yes. Mm -hmm. We, even if we know what they are, we will not see them in our own children because our brain is wired to prevent it. So the whole system of what's called suicide prevention, I think is broken because it's not preventing suicidal thinking from getting stuck in someone's head. It is set to prevent someone from making an attempt or a second attempt after they are known to be struggling. Prevention would be, let's truly prevent the problem. What if parents don't need to be looking for signs, which we believe is waiting for trouble? Mm -hmm. We think if you're waiting for signs that your child is at risk, you really are looking for trouble because you can't tell by looking.
0: Wow, that's 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 uh, sobering. I'm so I just want to understand. So are you saying that chances are that our kids are going to? We can't just assume they're not going to have these suicidal thoughts.
1: I will guarantee you, they are going to have suicidal thoughts. Sigmund Freud, the father of psychoanalysis, said suicidal thinking is normal. It's part of our natural problem solving worst case scenario mechanism. The problem is not a suicidal thought. The problem is when it gets stuck in our head.
0: OK, OK. So the problem is when it gets stuck mm-hmm. and you get in that loop of negative thinking and don't know how to get yourself out.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's the piece that we're not teaching our kids. We're not teaching them how to be emotionally resilient, how to break a cycle of negative thinking. When we first identified this as the crux of the problem, I created an intervention tool called the Why Not Workbook. And it's still available. It's not our most powerful tool, but it is still there for anyone who's like, how would I stop myself from being in a negative echo echo chamber? Um, By the way, you get into a negative echo chamber when you have a thought like, I I don't want to live this way anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And it's particularly problematic in teens with the negative echo chamber. And I'll explain in just a second. Adults struggle with it, too, though, because as soon as you recognize that you're having a repeated thought around dying, around taking your own life. You make a choice. You're either going to tell someone or not tell someone. And the vast majority of people opt for not talking about it. And their reasons for not talking about it start with love for their loved ones. They don't want anyone to worry about them. My daughter said it this way Stephanie said, I didn't want to be a burden. Wow, And she thought if she shared her struggles, she would be a burden. So our kids are trying to protect us. They are so good at masking depression. They are so good at masking any kind of emotional distress that we have to assume that their brain is functioning perfectly, that they are having the natural and normal thoughts about suicide. And I'm out of here because this is a tough day. That's a natural, normal thought. And that the best defense for a parent is an offense. It's breaking the silence first on the topic of suicide. So our most powerful tool is what we call the talk that saves lives.
0: Yes. Yes. And it's a
1: guide for parents. It's a fully scripted for from everything from what do you say to invite your kid to have the talk with you? And it's an invitation, not a, we need to talk. Yeah. It's not the talk that kids roll their eyes and check out. This is something totally new, totally different, neuroscience-based that actually flips the brain from negative to positive without them knowing what you're doing. And it does it from the invitation. Um, You know, hey, Cheryl, instead of talking about it, Would you be willing to role play it with me? And then the parents will get to see how easy this is. Yes, I'd love to role play with you. Cool. All right. Here's the invitation. Hey, Cheryl, I'm part of the mission to make teen suicide a thing of the past. They gave me a guide. I need to practice. Would you have a few minutes to help me practice my guide? So I get to be a teenager, right? Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Oh, okay. Sure, mom.
1: Thanks. It's only four questions. Ready? Okay, ready. Question one. Have you heard about the rise in teen suicides? Uh, yeah. Uh, Cheryl, question two. Do you have a story? Do you have a friend who's tried or died?
0: I have friends that are depressed that, you know, talk about it on social media. And I've heard of some kids
1: dying. It's, you know,
0: there was a suicide last year at
1: school. Cheryl, question three. Have you ever thought of leaving that way? I get depressed. I I
0: haven't, you know, really thought thought about acting on anything, but sometimes I feel like I'd rather be invisible.
1: Thank you. Question four. Cheryl, why stay? What are your reasons for staying?
0: I have a family that loves me. We don't always get along, you know well, but I have a family that loves me and I have some good friends. What else? Um, I have some things that you know I like to I like to be in the drama club. Um, oh, tell me more. Well, I like to act and I like to be in, you know, in front of people and be different characters. It's fun to be different characters and um, that's fun for me. And I don't really have to be myself. I can just be funny and people laugh.
1: What's so good in your life that you want more of it?
0: I want to, you know, I think about what I want to do in the future and I guess I I want more laughter and I like exploring new things. So that's something that I would want to do.
1: Thank you, Cheryl. I appreciate you being willing to help me with the guide. And as a parent, now you can just ask them more questions about what's so good in their life or what else they might have as a reason for staying. It is only on question four that we probe. Here's what just happened in your brain. And anybody watching this recording, the minute that you went into question four, all of the energy that was in the neural network around suicide got stolen from that part of the brain and redirected into a new neural pathway that's like a file folder in the brain. And the label on that file folder is reasons for staying. And the more that you gave yourself a chance to explore your reasons for staying, that's like taking that one neural strand and wrapping another one around it and wrapping another one around it. And the more that someone does this, the more faster, this neural network is bigger than the original one. Wow. So what happens then you have a thought about leaving and it bumps up against your reasons for staying and it doesn't get through the filter. So it doesn't get stuck.
0: And that is the hope piece. That that is talking about it, helping them to think what is good and get out of that loop.
1: It breaks the cycle right there because it literally breaks the pattern of thought around suicide and flips that energy into something positive. And your brain on positive is way more creative, 31% more productive than your brain on negative, neutral, or stressed.
0: You know, what's so fascinating about this is the woman that works with me. She's like my business partner. She, um, had something that happened with her son that was neurological and he got stuck in a loop. It wasn't, it wasn't depression as much as it was like he had had a sickness Mm -hmm. and he, and, um, it affected his body where he could not, one of his legs didn't work. Mm -hmm. And it was a real thing. Like it was in his blood, Mm -hmm. but it came back like nine months later. But it's a real thing that they have discovered and he was at children's memorial and she talks about so it should be fine. They would both be fine uh, with me sharing it. But what they said is his weight was not paralyzed anymore. It was just he was stuck in a negative loop mm-hmm. And they used to think like when that would happen that it was just people were kind of crazy they, you know, it made no sense. Exactly. But now they're realizing the brain was stuck in that negative loop. But you, here's the thing. They told her not to talk about the negative loop mm-hmm. because the negative loop keeps them stuck.
1: Right. And you're giving more attention to yeah. it. And so the reason that we created the talk the way that we did is because when you break the silence on suicide with their permission, nobody gets hijacked into this talk. They have to agree to the invitation. And so they've agreed to talk about it. You've already activated the part of their brain that's on positive. How'd you do that? By asking them to help you. When we know we can help someone, that turns on a pleasure center in the brain. You ask a three-year-old to help you with something. Oh, goody, I get to help. Yeah. Teenagers are having the same thing in their brain. They just don't jump up and down where we can see it. You've already turned on that pleasure center around this topic, which created cognitive dissonance in their brain. Mm-hmm. And when you take them through this, now you've got more dissonance because I'm helping. This is supposed to feel good. This feels really crappy. So you've got more cognitive dissonance happening in the brain. And then when you ask question four, you reconcile that. I'm helping. This feels good. What are my reasons for staying? That feels good. Now I no longer have dissonance. And this is a very powerful experience in the brain. And by the way, because of a little thing called mirror neurons, Mm -hmm. every single time you have this talk with someone you care about, You're actually having the talk with yourself at the same time. Your brain is building out that folder labeled reasons for staying because your brain is going, oh, that's a cool reason. I hadn't thought of that. I've got a different one. Yeah. Or that sounds like mine. Because of that subconscious conversation happening, you're building out your own filter that will protect you. I call it building a buffer between you and an edge that you may not have even known you were near.
0: Wow. So what do you think we're doing um, today with our kids that I, I never want to blame parents, but what are some of the things that we're doing that is reinforcing that negativity that they're, that kids are having where they're, they're going down more of that. They're getting stuck in their thoughts. I mean, I have kind of a thought about what that is, but I would love to hear what yours is.
1: I have a friend who teaches emotional intelligence and they do it with card games that you can play with kids as young Mm -hmm. as three. They call what parents do out of love. And because this is what our parents did, and this is what our bosses do, and this is what the school system does. And it has a name in the emotional intelligence community. It's called corrective complex it is the knee jerk reaction to correct or fix Mm -hmm. someone else with our kids we believe it's our job the problem is we were not taught to do it in a way that doesn't cause damage and the damage it causes is not to our kid it's to our relationship with our kid Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the knee jerk reaction, the way we were taught to parent where here, let me help you because that's not right. That we start when they're really little actually sets them up to not share with us when they're bigger.
0: Yeah. Because
1: we're always in that parenting mode, that corrective complex mode and it's not our fault. It's the way we were trained. We can learn how, not to go there. We can learn how to have a pause button on that knee-jerk reaction. It takes a little bit of training. Thank God for you know the connections that I have and the people who've been willing to be really patient with me understanding how the brain really works. There are some fast tracks that help. You can train your brain to see the positive. You can take advantage of something that I was introduced to by the happiness professor from Harvard, a man named Sean Aker, and he calls it the Tetris effect. And if you've ever played the game Tetris, this is where blocks in different shapes slide down a wall and you fit them into slots. What he found was that people who play it a lot, when they go out into the world, they start seeing these block shapes. In buildings and in cars and, you know, in people's pocketbooks, you know, oh, that looks like that kind of shape of block because their brain has been trained to pay attention. We can train our brains to pay attention to what is positive. We can train our brains to pay attention to what's so good in our lives that we want more of it. And we can train our brains to pay attention to something really key which is what are our successes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are the opportunities we've created, the challenges we've overcome, the obstacles that we've made it through? And when we start training our brain there, all of a sudden our brain starts seeing those Uh, everywhere. Start seeing what we call evidence that you are in control of your life, which is what the biggest challenge is right now, is feeling that your life is out of control. And this is true at any age.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I love what you're saying. And I think it's so important for us as parents and even for our own lives to see how, you know, teens they tend to, they block out the more of when we're trying to give that advice mm-hmm. and we're trying to fix things mm-hmm. and for them, which we, we mean well. Wow, I love how you said that. And we think that we're helping. But if we can instead ask a question or notice something that's positive, like say, wow, you put a lot of effort into that, you know, into the, whatever you were working on. And that works
1: really well when they're little and when they're teens, they feel manipulated because they've had all of this experience of you. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so it's, it's, too, it's too big of a shift to just do it that way. Um, better is to use some tools. One tool is the talk that saves lives, because when you can get your kid to start talking with you about what is so good about their life that they want more of it what their reasons for staying are. And you are not sharing yours unless they ask you. You are only inviting more. You are curious, not correcting. They are getting a very different experience of you, which by the way, will set up some cognitive dissonance. And so you may want to have a plan for how you can share other positive moments with them.
0: Yes. Yes. Different ways that you could put in the conversation. Well, I was just thinking sometimes we don't even listen to what their problem solving, you know, what they're even thinking. And when they can just share with us mm-hmm. how they're thinking about solving a problem, which is a little different when I than what you're saying. But what I'm connecting is that there's so many ways we miss opportunities to help them to, where they feel better about themselves. <laughs> Right, you're okay. getting them to notice the po- more of the positive, breaking that negative,
1: changing it, rewiring yeah. it.
0: Yes, yes, yes. it's um, more than a Yeah, response,
1: and it's really easy to do. In three minutes, you can quiet that down. You can improve mood and attitude. You can give yourself an emotional pause button that lasts for six to eight hours scientifically validated to change the brain.
0: Okay. And how do we do that? Is that the you know
1: emotionalteflon.com. You'll when someone goes there and we'll put it in the show notes for everyone. So it's yes. just emotionalteflon.com and it's a gift of this mindset magic tool that's some very fancy software. And the software floods you visually like a vision board on steroids. Floods you with positive images. And affirmative questions and statements that actually get past your critical thinking brain and get into your other than conscious mind. And you can speed it up. You could slow it down. It doesn't matter. Watching it for three minutes has been scientifically validated to improve mood and attitude for six to eight hours. Oh, and by the way, in case you're wondering what's been going on with the suicide rates since... 2019. Mm-hmm. According to the center for disease control, 25% of American young adults are struggling with suicidal thoughts. Yeah, That's one it. out of every four. And that statistic is from almost two years ago. It hasn't gotten better. Wow. What can we do about it is what is so exciting. We can take control of what's happening behind our eyes and between our ears. We can grab a hold of our positivity. We can pull optimism back into our lives. And by doing it for ourselves, we infect our kids with it because emotional intelligence is not taught. It's caught. Our kids catch it from us. So the best gift you can give for your kids is to take care of your own mindset first, like putting your own oxygen mask on first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why this tool is for adults. The positivity club that's now launched is an adult playground. Why? Because if I can get your brain on positive, you will naturally calm down that corrective complex. You will naturally be more curious, more patient with your teens. And here's why you want to be really patient with your teens. Teens don't have a pause button. The prefrontal cortex is not fully developed. It's physically there by the age of 12 and not fully functional until the age of 24, if you're lucky. Yeah. What that means is that when a kid gets stuck in that negative echo chamber and they don't want to talk about it because they don't want to worry their family, they don't want to be a burden, they don't want to have to see somebody, they're scared of it. So they do what's natural. They try not to think about it.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You ever Mm -hmm. try not to think about an elephant? Yeah. If I told someone, don't think about a lemon. Yeah. You think about the lemon. What they're actually doing is doubling down on the thought and their subconscious mind is elegantly designed to bring about what you think about. So now they're thinking about not thinking about it, double down on it. And the subconscious mind does what the subconscious mind is elegantly designed to do. It looks for and creates opportunities to get you what it thinks you want, because it's what you're thinking about. Wow. Mm -hmm. In a teenager, all it takes is subconscious plan. They're not even aware of it. They do not have a plan. So don't think you can ask them and find out. They do not have a conscious plan. This is the ant compared to the elephant of the subconscious mind. That's how they describe it in psychology. The conscious mind is an ant by comparison.
0: Yeah, I know that's crazy, I know,
1: yeah. All it takes is subconscious plan to cross an opportunity and they're gone. Teens are waking up in emergency rooms and saying, I don't know what happened. Hmm. And that's because consciously they don't know what happened. Their brain kicked in just like Og's brain did, except it was designed to bring about what they were thinking about. Mm-hmm. By definition, if you're thinking about it, don't you want it? That's how the subconscious mind, this um, organism that we're still trying to figure out the, all of the science around, this is how it works. So learning how to be mindful of what you think about is not a skill I grew up with. Yes, yeah. And that's what we have for everyone in this tool is the ability to start getting control of what's happening below the surface of awareness. And yes. that's one step in our journey. The second step, and people can, can find me on this. I do a master class on resetting the brain to positive. It's actually how to bust limiting beliefs because mm-hmm. we all have those too.
0: Yes. yes, And
1: I do that. That's a free class. So people can grab a hold of that. You know, we want your brain on positive. We want you to be able to clean up and break through and whatever the language is that works for you. You're limiting beliefs about who you are and how the world works.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: We all formed those when we were really young. They're decisions yes. we made at a time we don't even remember. Aren't we now old enough to make a different decision? We want our teens to make better decisions. It's got to start with us. Mm-hmm. And now there are fun ways to do it. There are ways to play in the world with the vision board on steroids at Emotional Teflon. There are ways to play in the metaverse, in an adult playground that's called the Positivity Club. And actually, there's we'll be sending out information to anyone who has the Emotional Teflon we will send out information about the positivity club. And I want everyone to be able to turn their brains on positive. If yeah. you want to know how to prevent suicide, you focus on the positive and let us help you do that better.
0: Yeah. Rewiring the brain, mm-hmm. literally rewiring the brain. Yep. That's yeah. what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Well, thank you so much. How are you? You know, since you've started this, Society, um, Suicide Prevention Society, how are you seeing? What fruit are you seeing from that?
1: It was only when I was willing to talk about suicide that that's what created the connections. That's how I got introduced to the software at Positive Prime, that's the emotional Teflon. It was right before I gave my TEDx talk. I was being interviewed because I was about to give a TEDx talk on suicide and teen suicide prevention. And I started using this software before I took the stage. I think it had a big impact on my ability to be calm and confident talking about a topic I didn't want to talk about yeah. and telling a story I didn't think I would ever share.
0: Hmm.
1: But when it came to needing to market the TEDx talks, yeah, I gave the talk in January in Las Vegas of 2021. TEDx sat on it until May. And when they released it, by then I had all this time to be really like, oh, my God, I have to market this. I actually have to tell people about this. I have to get people to talk, you know, because I I want people to talk about suicide, but I'm not like real comfortable with saying, oh, come listen to me speak. Yeah, especially Mm -hmm. on this topic, because I had a lot of resistance to the topic. So I was using the positive prime and coding myself with emotional Teflon and ended up with over 90,000 people have seen that TEDx talk so far.
0: Yeah, it gave you, I mean, what courage that you, and then in order to have that courage, you started doing the work to change your brain.
1: I had to do that. Um, We don't know what our limiting beliefs are, until we go to do something we've never done before, we go after something we want that we're not sure that um, other people will agree with. And anybody who's an entrepreneur probably has an other people in their life who told them to be sensible and get a job. Um, This is other people's judgments, opinions, and expectations. And having the ability for other people's judgments, opinions, and expectations to stay just that, other people's. That's what emotional Teflon does for you. It allows you to honor your own opinions, be the driver of your own life and let other people have their experience.
0: Yes, empowering you, breaking through those limiting beliefs that hold us back in so many areas of our lives.
1: The real point is that we are being highlighted. We are being shown that our children do not have the emotional resilience to manage and stay grounded in their own opinions and judgments and expectations of life. And they end up being influenced by other people's judgments, opinions, and expectations. Now, you can treat the symptom, which is limit their social media contact, Talk about how bad social media is, demonize, be part of that demonization of social media, which, by the way, if you remember being a teenager, might just make you want it more. (laughs) Yeah, Just saying, it's like trying to take a cell phone away from a two-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The better way, in my opinion, is help your teen build that sense of self, Mm -hmm. a positive self-regard. And the easiest way to do that is to get yourself out of corrective complex so that you're not part of the problem of criticizing and giving them your judgments, opinions, and expectations, but rather you can be peaceful and calm and be curious about theirs, about their judgments of things. What do they think about something? What are their opinions about what's happening in your home, in your world? What are their expectations of life? Because the saddest thing in the world is a kid who doesn't have any expectations for a positive outcome for life. And here's the caveat to everything I said about the talk that saves lives. It works as an early warning system as well. And here's how it works as an early warning system. If your teen... Has thoughts of leaving, answers yes to question three, and has zero reasons for staying. Stay with them and call 911. They'll hate you for it. Mm -hmm. And they might be alive long enough to hate you for a really long time. Hmm. Now, with all of the thousands of talks, guess how many times this has happened? Zero. Why? Because kids and adults are really good at masking. So what's going to happen is that when you get to question four, they're going to lie and they are going to make up reasons for staying. And their brain is building out the exact same new neural pathway and file folder labeled reasons for staying because the brain believes what the mouth expresses. So when they make up reasons for staying, they are actually suicide proofing their brain. They're building out that filter for themselves. They're breaking the pattern of that negative echo chamber that you don't even know they've got because they're really good at masking it. And so having the talk will break that even if it's there. It's pure prevention that also intervenes. And it does it in a way that they will accept because they don't know it's happening. Because you're not coming into the conversation thinking that there's something about them that's broken.
0: Yeah. coming
1: into the conversation with them being able to help you practice the guide.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. I was trying to, when I was role-playing, I was thinking of myself as being a depressed teen. And then, yeah, and I had to come up with, reasons you know mm-hmm. that i wanted to stay you're right i mean even in role playing cuz i wasn't theater and even in the role playing i was starting to believe it so yeah i can see how that how that works
1: if you talk about it you hear yourself you're using way more of your senses than you believe and using your senses builds out a neural network faster
0: Wow, this has been so good. I mean, and I want you to share, and we'll share in the notes again, all the the resources, because you bring up such an important kind of, it's like a paradigm shift of, it's more focusing on the relationship, going through those questions, focusing on the positive and rewiring our brains first, that we'll respond differently to our kids when we can do when we can do that for ourselves. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for for coming on here, Jackie, and sharing. Please tell our listeners where, where they can find all of these resources. Find you.
1: Teen Suicide Prevention has all the resources. It even has my TEDx talk linked to the homepage of it. And it has the emotional Teflon. I recommend go straight to emotionalteflon.com. Start priming your brain to be positive. Learn about the positivity club. Be part of the movement. And then get the script because the guide for the talk that saves lives and a full video training on it are available for free on the Teen Suicide Prevention Society website. There's a membership subscription. You can become a member of the society, get discounts and freebies on a bunch of the mindset trainings. Why? We want your brain on positive. I'm delighted to be part of your story now. You are part of mine, part of the journey. And thank you to everyone who's listening because what I know is that your brain got flipped today just by listening to us role-play the talk that saves lives. So now your mirror neurons are fired up on what are your reasons for staying. And if you go to the teen suicide prevention website, you'll see there's a button labeled reasons for staying. We'd love to know what your reasons for staying are. We're writing a book titled Reasons for Staying so that we can share what's so good about life that we want more of it.
0: So well, thank you so much for helping us all to do that, to give that gift to our kids. Well, that's it for today. And thank you, friend, for joining me. And I just want to take a moment to let you know that here at Moms of Tweens and Teens, we are here to support you any way we can. So we have so many different resources to be able to, to meet your needs. So if you're looking for a resource, for example, about disrespect, we have a workshop for that. Or if you're looking to set boundaries, we have a workshop that can support you with that. Or how do you build communication and having a healthier relationship with your tween or teen? We have resources to support you with that. And we have free resources. We have paid resources. So I encourage you to go to our moms of tweensandteens.com website and you can find so many resources there. Also, we are opening up our inner circle in the fall. We're going to be opening it up in September and I kick it off. We offer a four day, five day workshop. We, we, uh, there an hour each day. So, and then question and answer afterwards. And It is available to anyone who wants to come and you get the replays and after that, we open up the membership. So I will be telling you more about that as we get closer. But if you're looking for more support, if you would love to join me to do an eight-week parenting program that is very personal, if you would love to have a supportive community of awesome moms that are in the trenches right alongside you, that are sharing their challenges and struggles and their successes and mom wins, if you would love to be in an in-person, person Zoom group um, led by a mentor mom. We have those available to you and so much more. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure that you get on the list to receive our newsletter or on the wait list to find out when it opens. Any way that you want to get involved, I am here for you. So have a great week and I look forward to seeing you back here next time. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>